0: Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Saverns. I am the worship pastor here at Compass Point Bible Church, and today with me again is lead pastor Paul Eastwood. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. How are you doing, Paul?
1: I am doing good. I'm staying healthy and uh, just trying to keep one foot in front of the other as we move through uncertain times. That's pretty much all we can do now. Who knows, by the time this is published, something
0: else could be changed. But um, we gathered together for worship on Sunday, uh, whether online or here in person. We had about 120 people, which was great. All very socially distanced and masked, of course. Uh, And we did our last in our series, which we called to gather kind of around the importance of gathering together of, and and we're not, we're not saying, you know, you have to be in the building. That's, that's the only way. What we're saying is laying aside time, being intentional about the, the coming together of God's people, which right now can look like joining on YouTube, Mm -hmm. um, There's something really important about that. There's something really at the core of what Jesus' message was. Uh, And this week was to gather for going. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so give us
1: a little recap, Paul. Why, why why, do we get together so we can go out? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, for sure. And, and I, so I think I think if you were to actually, even for myself, as I was preparing and we had this idea of mission being this last idea that we wanted to talk about and mm-hmm. how important it is that we are gathered together with each other for something bigger. Like we're not gathered Uh, with each other, for each other, we're gathered with each other for a bigger picture, which is God's mission to the world, right? Mm. And so we need to be engaged in this. And so when I started this, you know, thinking down this road and and had the title of forgoing, I I really had this idea of thinking about, you know, we sort of come back together, stir each other up to to uh, fire each other up so that we can individually fly back into the places that we find ourselves and serve God wholeheartedly in those places. And I think that's absolutely true and needs to be talked about because and we're going to talk about this a lot um, as we go into this new year, thinking about aligning our lives with the way of Jesus Mm. and we each do that individually. But what I found going through this study was kind of a pull back to what the gathering actually does for going all by itself. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, we actually gather for going in not not in the sense that you know, okay, we do this and then what's important is what happens next. What's important is the actual gathering itself when it comes to attracting other people as followers of Jesus. Mm. Uh, and that to me is fascinating because I think that if I were to ask any of you out here who are listening right now, if I were to ask you, tell me the last time that you saw, you know, somebody come to faith in Jesus, it almost always will be a story of a relationship one-on-one. Hmm. Very rarely would someone say that, well, someone just kind of wandered into the church, saw what was going on, was so compelled that they fell on their knees and gave their life to Jesus. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. Hmm. But if we look back in history at this first church that met in Acts chapter two, what we see is the way that they were interacting together caused the, this this growth in the church that was so outstanding and so incredible that it's actually continued on for thousands of years. Hmm. And so what I saw when I looked back at this first little picture of the church in Acts two forty two about this little group of people that were gathering together is that is that the gathering itself was enough to compel people to follow Jesus. Okay, And that's something that I think that we don't put a lot of weight into today mm-hmm. in our evangelical kind of context. And secondly, we probably just don't talk enough about, you yeah. know, like it's just, and maybe those two things go together, but it just, it just feels to me that this is a topic that, um, that we should talk a little more about. And I hope that there's a part of you that's like, as you're listening, thinking, is that actually true? Like, yep. I mean, isn't the most important thing that I'm you know, sharing Jesus with my neighbors? Uh, that's important. Yep. Gathering is important too, because it paints a picture that you by yourself can't paint. Yeah, I love that. And I'm just going to offer a little disclaimer here because I want to dig into this a little bit.
0: Um, yeah. One of the things I love about this format uh, that, that we can allow people to tune in and listen to our conversation, which means that we're doing this on the fly. It right. means that we haven't prepared notes. It means that we may say things that we later think, oh, maybe that's not quite right. right. But we're kind of exploring, we're having a conversation and we actually think this is, this is how faith happens often, yeah. right? Again, in the same way that you know, Paul, you can prepare a wonderful sermon and you can preach it, let's be honest, at us on Sunday, for us, at us. Yeah. Um, but there's something that happens when we get together and we talk about stuff that yeah. allows the Holy Spirit to work. And we're not signing on the dotted line with any of this stuff, but yeah. I want to I wanna dig into this idea that that the gathering um, can be compelling, that it's not just the way that I am living as an individual, and and not that I'm not called to live as an individual to glorify God and and for Jesus, but there's something compelling about our gatherings.
1: Yeah, Um, So, so let me start there, because I think I could make an argument, I think actually we both could, and maybe should to start here, make the argument that the church can be a reason for someone to walk away from their faith. Oh, yes. Okay, so so let, let's talk about that for a second, because I know of people in my own life, people that I grew up with that I, you know, was involved in camp with, where we, you know, kind of talked about Jesus every night with our with our campers, and we wrestled through big ideas and mm-hmm. had these, you know, amazing conversations, and I watched him walk away from what he believed about God because he was tired of the church. Yeah. Like, do you know people like that? Tons. More than I wish to admit. I've actually, this last week has been, uh, it's
0: been a week of grieving for me as I've, revisited some of those friends on social media and just kind of God has brought them to mind and I've been praying for them and I realized I probably know more people who have left their faith and left the church than I do people who have joined the church. Mm -hmm. Um and that grieves me deeply. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I know I know people who have gotten fed up with the hypocrisy, fed up with the politics, fed up with the Um, the country club mentality, yep. the lack of looking like Jesus and, and teaching like Jesus, the political leanings yep. one way or the other, right? Yep. I, I, I've i heard about it all the time, which is, yeah. it's kind of the opposite of what we're talking about, right? It's it's how compelling, you know, despite the teachings of Jesus, the, the gathered body is compellingly distasteful
1: for one reason or another. Right. And not that there aren't problems with that view, but... Man, yeah, it makes me sad. But I think this is a great place to start, and I think everyone out here who's listening can also relate to this and talk about some times where they've seen people walk away from what they believe because of the church. So if it is possible for people to walk away from their faith because of the church, isn't it also logically possible that people could be attracted to their faith because of the the, the way that the church dynamically actually fits what they're what they should be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's, I think, what I was trying to get at yeah. is that and I don't think we talk about this enough because we have this idea in in our uh, tradition and our our kind of perspective that if I'm living out my faith. Then I'm going to be a light, or a city on a hill, or a light that can be uh, attractive, and people will come to know Jesus because mm. of what I do. Yep. But I, re- but re- the light on the hill is really this this collection of of people who are following Jesus. And so, yeah. um, I believe that that perhaps something that we should be thinking about even more is the light. Um, I, I'm not saying more than other things exclusively, but I'm saying we need to think more of this thing of us being a light ourselves and how do we interact with each other so that we can paint the best picture of the gospel to the people that are watching. Yeah. Uh, And
0: this is uh, one of those areas where I'm, I'm, I don't want you to hold what I say in stone here. Um, But I was listening to a podcast last week, uh, an interview with Tim Hughes, who's a worship leader wrote uh, here. I am to worship and happy day uh, and now a church planter in England and talked about how they shape their services um, and their gatherings. And one of the things that he's been so convicted in is People need to come and experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, now they they're certainly a more charismatic expression than we are, and I think sometimes our tradition shies away from anything that that is kind of unexpected or or unplanned in that way. And I'm I'm not suggesting now that we need to start practicing more um, more sign gifts or anything like that. Uh, but but I think in our gathering, in the ways that we love each other and. Uh, speak to each other, and worship together, and and genuinely meet the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit meets us and transforms us in the ways of Jesus. I think those things can and should be deeply compelling. Um, and I actually think, t- Tim again talked about this, this is something that the younger generation is crying out for. Um, there's so much information out there, there's so many different views and all kinds of things, and we've seen politically how we're divided and all that. Um, the compelling experience, the experience of something that we can't, that we can't kind of, uh, make up on our own. Um, and, and that experience of community, especially in the church today of, of being loved unconditionally, of being welcomed in, uh, when it's done right. I think that that has yeah. the power to transform the world and to draw people to the gospel and not just because of the way I'm living it as an individual, but because of the way that we are living it out collectively.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, and part of that is that, that you know, that a lot of the things that we've talked about that are markers of a follower of Jesus need need community in order for them to be displayed, right? Hmm. But, you know, one of the things you mentioned about this idea of the Holy Spirit, and and we recognize that when the Bible talks about this, this idea that we have been built into a building where each part is like a brick in the building, yeah. and when we come together, we create a space where the Holy Spirit dwells. Hmm. And, and I believe that the Holy Spirit dwells in each one of us, but I believe that something is unleashed or, um, you know, something is unlocked in a really unique way when the body of believers gathers in a way where the Holy Spirit is able to, to like kind of dwell among in this really cool kind of way. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's something there is something to that as well in terms of the fact that that it's actually also when we come together that the Holy Spirit does some pretty remarkable things. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah,
0: I, like this is, um, you know, my life in, in music and leading worship. Uh, I believe so strongly that worship is much more than our music. Right. It's all of our lives lived back to God. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and yet the Bible does make it clear that there's something that happens when we gather when we proclaim these words, when we sing these words that that uh, enthrone Jesus and, and God as Lord over all things, uh, and the Holy Spirit works amongst us in a, in a unique and powerful way. I don't know about you, but I can think back on on moments in my life life where um, Uh, so my Regenty word for this is liminal, which is not a terribly helpful word. It's very academic, but kind of these thin moments where it seems like the realities that I'm facing are, uh, I have kind of more access to God and and I feel this closeness to God. And I can think of these moments often at retreats or conferences where during a song or, or during someone's preaching where I felt God's presence and power, uh, moving in me and working in me and but not just me in the in the whole room and kind of moving uh, people towards a commitment or towards a thing um and and not to downplay the moments beyond that and the the mundane moments but but those moments are so so helpful and those are moments that even as i've observed them in other contexts yeah i i've been compelled through the power of the gospel because
1: god is moving in his
0: people yeah
1: yeah it's pretty powerful stuff and i so i think I think that in many like you know we've we've talked around this a little bit i think in 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 some ways. Uh, when the, when the body comes together, the church becomes visible to itself. Mm. Um, I was reading that this week that I thought was really yeah. interesting. It, it, there's something else as well, but it becomes visible to itself. So in other words, when you are, when you are with a big extended family mm-hmm. and you want to sort of capture the moment, you take a picture, you get everyone together and you take a picture. Yeah. And so church becomes this, like this moment of a, of a photograph where we bring our, our church family together so that we all can capture a glimpse of what the church is all about. Yeah. So when I come to church, I can see somebody who is singing a song who I know who's just lost, lost a loved one. Yes. Um, I can look across the room and see someone who I know is struggling and and, you know, and it allows me to in that moment pray for that person. Or there's so many of these little things that happen when we gather together that allow us to understand the bigger picture kind of idea of the whole body. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that's really powerful is that when the congregation comes together, the church actually becomes visible to the world. And Mm -hmm. the passage that I read um, on Sunday from Ephesians says that it was... it it was God's plan that in the church, the manifold wisdom, like the church itself would be the place where the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to the spiritual realms. Mm. So it doesn't just say to everybody around, it's the universe. Like it's, I mean, everybody recognizes the power of the good news when they see it lived out in action. And in a sense, we get this picture of the, of the, the kingdom that's displayed for us, which is pretty wild stuff. And, and so to move it from our own experiences in terms of growth and development. So how does, how do we actually reflect that to the world that's around us? Um, I heard, I heard someone say once that churches or that Christians are like mice. Um, you know, if you see one by themselves, they're kind of cute, but if you see a room full of them, you get kind of weirded out. Mm -hmm. And, and so, (laughs) and so there's something that we have to do in order to help. Uh, change people's perception of what a Christian is, Uh, that I am not someone who defines myself by my political stripes. I am not someone who defines myself by a particular viewpoint on, you know, abortion or a particular viewpoint on alcohol or a viewpoint on dancing or whatever it is that we need to be people who define ourselves as followers of Jesus. And Mm -hmm. that needs to be our centering point. And if we can get this right, I think that we begin to change people's perceptions and allow the church to be a place that that challenges assumptions of people that are outside and helps them kind of come and say, wow, this is different mm-hmm. and it's better. And that's the point. Right. That's yep. that helps uh, be engaging and compelling. Yeah. And I love um
0: so I feel like there's been a shift in language in the past 20 years from from believer in Jesus to follower of Jesus yeah and I actually love that distinction not that believing in Jesus is in any way bad but yeah but there's lots of things that I believe in and something that that I believe in is it's almost something that's concrete and I can kind of get all the facts about it and I'm good to go which is how some people treat their faith mm-hmm. um, but we we believe in Jesus and we believe in his spirit and we believe that our faith, what he's calling us to is living and active. It requires like yep. active listening, right? right. Um, I can know a lot about my wife, but if I'm not listening to her, if I'm not like being with her, I actually miss out on living life like that. And it's the same thing, I think, for us as individuals, but for us when we gather. What is it God is saying to us as a community? And this is something you and I, as as leaders and pastors, we, we try to discern and we try to shape our our experiences, our corporate experiences together to kind of yeah. lead us to whatever God is, has for us. Um, yeah. yeah which is is so good uh, so so what like one of the challenges right now um, that, that i have found is we're in the midst of a pandemic and as much as i want to like go and i know we talked about how this isn't all about going individually or, or even going as a group um, how do we find this power and this this compelling image of the gospel when we gather when we can't actually gather in the same way when we're when we're stuck at home when when i can't have a meaningful, you know, dinner with people I don't know and practice hospitality when I can't do some of these things that I think we've been talking about are are, are really helpful to to the gospel or really good yeah. ways for us to love people. It feels like our love has been limited in this time in a way, uh, not wrongly, but you know, we're doing these things. How how do we practice going well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, I, you know, so one of the things that I talked about on Sunday was this idea of fellowship Mm. and, and kind of tried to redefine fellowship, which is a weird Christian word, uh, and define it in the, in the sense of sharing or commonality. And so I think that there is an aspect of the sharing that can happen among uh, followers of Jesus that doesn't require us, uh, actually being face to face. Mm. Um so now gathering is the easiest way for us to do some of these things but I think that you know you know sharing uh, a love of the good news sh- uh, so I talked about three things sharing a love of the good news mm-hmm. uh, sharing concern for one another and sharing a passion for our mission And what I would say is that in the midst of the pandemic, when we can't get out the way that we want to, we can't always gather with people exactly as we want to. There are ways in which we can share a passion for the good news with one another. So what I mean by that is we need to look at our circumstances differently. Uh, We're facing uncertainty, but we also worship a God who is rock solid in the sense that he doesn't change. So what is it that we can share with each other, whether it's just a friend through a text or in person, if we have that opportunity or, yep. you know, with with an aging grandparent or uh, grandkids that, you know, that, that we see how how can we share the good news or a love of the good news with that person? It actually can be just a um, a quick statement or a sentence that that reminds the person that you're talking to that there's a bigger there's a bigger thing at play. Yeah. And so I think that sometimes we can even just have those conversations and remind each other of the good news of the gospel. Like it truly is good news. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. I, you know, people probably look at
0: you and I, you as a preacher and me as a worship leader and think, yeah, we're, you know, we're people who get to share the good news and get to lead people in this kind of gathering worship, glorifying God. Um, And yet I have found myself, especially in this season, often being led into that kind of glorification of God by little notes from people. Yeah. And I haven't got many, but I don't know about you, but like, you know, a little email note or drop and I'm not, this isn't us fishing for for please please encourage us, yeah. um, although we appreciate it. Uh, you know, those little things can point us towards God. That's a way of leading worship in a funny way, right? And, yeah. we, and we're all called to this, whether we're called to to sit, sit by a friend, by, by a friend, I mean, you know, on the phone with a friend or on a Skype call with a friend and yeah. and, and say, yeah, it sounds like things are hard. You know, God has given me this verse that, that has been helpful for me in these times. Yeah. And it's hard to know and it's hard to realize, but, you know, he's promised that he's good and he's faithful and we're going to get through this, right? Mm-hmm. That's a great way to be able to practice going. Even. Yeah. It's practice being together and worshiping God and, and glorifying God and, and even sharing that truth. Yeah, I mean, it's one on one. But again, sharing that with neighbors and and being able to just be like, hey, this is something that's helped me get through, I think can be really, really significant way to draw them into community and to see God there.
1: Yeah. And I think in both cases, whether they're people who are followers of Jesus or not, you know, we can begin with the commonality of our experience. Right. Mm -hmm. So we can begin with this idea that, hey, this like uh, this is hard and I'm having a hard time and I know you're having a hard time. And so we can share in that common experience and then we can move it to uh, for the person who we're talking to, who is a follower of Jesus. We can remind them of of a truth, or as mm-hmm. you said, you know, something that kind of leads to that other other thing that they, we also share in common. And with those who we don't share that particular thing in common, it becomes more effective when yeah. we share that first part. So what I was trying to get at is just the idea of like finding that space of commonality and beginning the conversation there, mm-hmm. because we're all experiencing the same thing. And then we can say, hey, I got your back yeah. and I've been there and we're there together and we'll figure this out.
0: Which is funny because that's like, honestly, that's exactly what I try to do when I lead worship and what I encourage right. other worship leaders to do. I, so I did that on Sunday with Living Hope. We were coming out of communion and I just felt, um, man, Sunday was hard. Uh, and it's I just kind of am feeling this malaise right now. I think a lot of us are wrestling. There's just so many things life is hard. It's complicated. We're thankful for a lot of good things, but it's just, when is this going to end? What's coming next? And it's tough. And I just found myself being like, Jesus, I know this song. I know that there is hope, but man, it is hard to remind myself of that and live like it. So I kind of said that at the beginning of the song. And for me, honestly, I I was being able to lead that song and to kind of lean into it. Um, and then to be able to see the people in the room who were also doing that yeah. uh, and this beautiful there were there were a couple of people again there's lots of ways to worship and i know lots of people are worshiping online but a couple of people who had their hands raised and who kind of looked abandoned to god in worship yeah which is just an encouraging thing for me to see as a worship leader um yeah. just this beautiful moment of what the gospel looks like in our community it doesn't look like you know ah, oh, the pandemic doesn't matter it no it matters it's hard this is a tough season and yet god is our hope he is faithful jesus is the reason we are together and that's so so good yeah we are out of time right as always happens too quickly with these uh, any closing thoughts for us paul
1: well simply i would just say that each one of us is responsible for helping our church become an attractive community to the world that's around it that 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 not only uh, loves one another, but ex- exhibits God, Christ's love and, um, and his hope and, and all of that to the world. And so we each have a responsibility to do that. And when we do it and do it well, we become a shining light and a city on a hill. And that is the most beautiful picture of the church that I could ever imagine. I love it. Thanks, Paul. Uh, and thank you for
0: listening along this week. We will be back next week with more Postscript.